Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance. And it is Monday, which I think some of you are aware of. Uh, And it might actually not be Monday, depending on where you're listening. But to me, it's Monday. And what that has symbolized for the show, for myself, for my listeners is phenomenal guests and last week we had back-to-back Mondays we had an amazing an amazing interview in the morning we then had an incredible interview in the afternoon Um, and then we spoke of returning guests who's coming back who's doing what today we have part two to the Tim Matthews powerful man interview And as far as the listeners are concerned, you spoke droves over part one to this. And and Tim and I were going over how he got started, where he was, what he had done. If you haven't listened to it, head back a couple episodes and take that one in before you listen to this one. We would do a recap, um, but we're not going (laughs) to. We left it off. Uh, we left it off uh, last time, sort of uh, in a bit of a hurry. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit more. We were going to connect a little bit more. And the last thing we spoke of um, before we quickly cut and left you all hanging for this episode was the feminine energy. Tim had mentioned something, and I had recalled something, and we sort of brought it up. So without skipping a beat and without further delay of my ill-timed ramblings let's jump into uh the post that uh that actually first of all let's welcome let's welcome tim back to the show tim (laughs) awesome awesome to have you back brother um again and like i was saying to you the the audience the the reply from the last uh interview was was rock solid you uh you sparked something in my listeners uh and that is fantastic and i love that i love it too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really do. Thank you guys uh, for the for the great feedback and yeah, for being open, I guess. Um, I say thank you. I think the reason why I'm saying thank you is because this conversation that, that we're having right now, we're about to dive into, in my opinion, is so needed uh, today in today's world. Um, so yeah, I love that people are open and receptive to it and Let's see where this one goes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and it's so true. It, it, is, it is needed. You know, there's a ton of people being bombarded with a ton of things. And there's a ton of uh, false narratives on social media, on Instagram, everybody posting, you know, their perfect life. And, and a bunch <laughs> of neurotic people being, you know, or not neurotic people, but people in general being like, well, if that's what they're doing, I'm trying to compare myself to that. I'm ripping apart my own happiness. Uh, and luckily for those people, you and I are here to tell them that, you know, uh, we're all suffering. <laughs> so it's not just, you know, it's not just one person. It's, it's, it's within the suffer that you build your character and where you can grow and, and prosper. And 
really achieve what you want to achieve uh, and really power through everything. It's all about the information that you have and what you do with it. And on that note, you spoke heavily of the feminine energy. And feminine energy, when I, when I first heard this before you had mentioned it, and this is what brought me to this post here, I had thought, oh, I have a friend that's got a na 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 So I looked up a feminine energy thing. I found this, this meme. Um, I loved it. Uh, and then when I read it and thinking, oh, this, will, this would apply to her, I realized that it was the feminine energy within the man. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, this is, this is pivotal. Most men will either dismiss this, poo-poo this, push this off, not acknowledge it, close their ears. When I mention it, these feminine, yes, men, your feminine energy. So here are eight signs you are repressing your feminine energy. Number one, you do not trust your intuition. Number two, your heart is closed. Number three, you feel a sense of numbness. Number four, I feel like David Letterman, but I'm going the wrong way. (laughs) Number four, you have a strong desire to be in control. Number five, you struggle with receiving. I think, Adam, on that point, just define receiving for these guys. I think that would be useful. Um, Gratitude, thanks, kindness, praise. Uh, You have a trouble, I think, in my opinion. I, I mean, I could be wrong and you could have a different opinion of this, but uh, we will also go into all of them one by one um, because your opinion on this stuff is phenomenal as well. Um, but my opinion on receiving is is being able to accept kindness from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Whether it's others or, you know, just life itself, right? You could mm-hmm. be receiving the warmth of the sun. You could be receiving the sound of the birds. You could be receiving a compliment. I mean, I don't know about you, but for years... Oh my God, if I was given a compliment, I felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would do something, make some kind of joke or, <clears throat> you know, brush it off or turn it around or I just was not comfortable with receiving compliments. And as a result, I then wasn't comfortable with receiving money, which was, seems quite counterintuitive, right? You're in business trying to make money. <laughs> but I would then repel it and it went through all areas of my life and it affected me. It affects people massively within the area of fulfillment, right? Um, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> good. You, worth clarifying. Yeah, absolutely. You brought up, you brought up a, um, a ridiculously valid point when you said, you know, so trouble receiving money. That sounds foolish to anyone who's not been selling themselves, selling their message, marketing themselves or anything like that. Um, in a world, you know, in, in the world that we currently live in. And, and there are, obviously there are droves of nine to five people. Uh, there are droves of people that have done it one way that, you know, that system isn't necessarily working anymore. So we're listening to, we're listening to our gut intuition, our, um, I don't know. We're listening to the message of others. Other people are listening to this message saying, I'm going to apply that to my life, which is good in this sense. Uh, we are, if, if you're quote unquote, having trouble receiving money, I, I, I'm also familiar with that. I, I had a hard time believing what I was giving was a value. And this is right way back in the beginning. So, you, you know, you almost don't want to charge for your services and you almost, you know, you, you almost feel bad about sort of what you're doing until you understand that, 
you know, everything that you've gone through and everything that, that you've done right. When you, when you do it right, when you pull a salesman and the marketing crap out of, uh, out of your pitch and out of your spiel, which is what we all do. We all have the, the old marketing guy that rocks up the first few years of us doing this. And then when you start speaking with your truth and from your purpose, you're no longer trying to get new clients. You're just trying to share a message. Um, and then when we start facilitating that message, there is a cost involved because there are things that go with it. But when you have a hard time receiving money for services, it's mainly because you don't believe in yourself or you don't, you aren't currently aligned financially or mentally with your desired income or statement. So if you think that you should be charging 500 and you should be charging 5,000, um, you're going to be disappointed because you're going to feel overworked. You're going to feel underappreciated. You're going to feel like, no, 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 no. If you feel like, you know, if you, again, if you feel 500 for 5,000, you may not put the effort in. You may not, you may say, you know, I've, I've done too much. If you start charging 5,000, then you'll start pushing and you'll start creating more for yourself. And in doing so, you'll be creating more for your audience and for your clients. And you'll be, you'll be working harder yourself. You'll be feeling appreciated and you'll be more motivated. So there's a huge, I mean, we, we've hit five. I haven't done six, seven, and eight, but. Can, can, I, can I jump in and add something? Is that okay? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's worth noting as well, the flip side to this. In, in our experience anyway, with working with obviously businessmen, we've worked with guys right from startup phase, which is kind of similar to what you described in there, right mm-hmm. the way up to guys who have companies worth 250 million. And if you have, even those guys can have trouble receiving money, although they may be making money, the way in which their uh, struggle to receive the money will show up in their own life is they will spend it. They'll get rid of it as quickly as possible. So they'll make it and they'll have a good take home, but sometimes they don't even pay themselves that well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the take home is, is super low compared in comparison to what you know, it could be, or their lifestyle will just be something that's so extravagant and unnecessary because they've got to find ways to spend the money because it's too uncomfortable to be in their bank account because it brings with it too much of a, a burden and a reflection of, oh my God, this am I really good enough to have all that there? So they have to spend it to prove they can make it, spend it to prove they're good enough, spend it, and it's just this vicious cycle. Do you think, because you do have the experience of, of you know the higher end, not higher end, but the, the, the larger financial dollar clients, um, do you think that it, it, it is that, you know, feeling that they have to get rid of it or, or is there, have you come across sort of like a mentality of if I don't spend it, they'll take it. Is this, is this a thing that, that resonates with, with some of your clientele? Yeah. Some of them, some of them, a lot of them feel like imposters. Mm-hmm. So you have, we, you know, we work with guys that have been featured on one guy in particular was featured on the cover of Wired magazine and he's then delivering uh, talks to, some of the U.S.'s top 400 financial advisors, and he's about to walk on stage, feeling, fearing the rug being pulled from beneath him at any point in time. And it's all because he's not, he's not seeing his value or his worth. So um, there is, on the flip side, what you're talking about there, some of them worry about they'll just get taken from me, whether it's in taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's less of that for us anyway, and more of the um, 
more of the fear around it that comes from within. Well, you brought up imposter syndrome, and I think it's been it's been you. You've been doing um, segments on the the quote unquote imposter syndrome uh, in your programming. You speak you speak heavily of it, or am I misreading that? Oh no, yeah, completely. <laughs> okay, yeah, and so that's that's a huge one too. So anyone that's that's anyone that that was a nine to fiver or anyone that you know has decided that they're going to step up in their lives you all we all come from somewhere imposter syndrome is substantial and people don't necessarily pay too much attention to it because nobody's really aware that it exists but if you are in the middle of doing something right now at no matter what level you're at and you feel that you're not right for this or why would anybody listen to me? And that's one of the biggest questions that most coaches have when they start is why would anybody listen to me? The connection that you make with yourself um, is, is massive. It, it's, it's probably the most important one that you're going to make uh, because it's that connection that you share with the outside world. And imposter syndrome is huge. It is a crippling effect on most people, the people that constantly live in this fear of their old life catching up to them, or they're this or they're that or whatever it was. And we, we limit our forward momentum, we limit how much we put ourselves out there, we limit what we do uh, in, in, a, in a given, uh, you know, business section, work week, work day, work hour, uh, based on imposter syndrome, or based on this, this idea that we're going to be caught for something or that we're going to be, uh, we're going to be pointed out or something terrible is going to happen to us. And this is chronic. This runs through everyone at every stage of the game because people are constantly comparing themselves to other people, other places, other situations. People are constantly comparing themselves to who they were. And they're none of them for the most part, from what I've understood from from my intake, from my experience, um, nobody's really understanding that it is our mistakes, no matter how great or small that teach us. And your biggest mistake, that thing that you don't tell anyone, that thing that either you hold in shame or you hold inside or whatever it is, that thing, that, that thing that's just for you, that shook your world, that is the thing that catapulted you into who you are today. And if you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. if you're hearing these words, that means you're doing your damnedest to become somebody bigger, better, stronger, and more than you've ever been before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's extensive. So the imposter syndrome, when you understand it, when you embrace it, when you feel it, understand that the whole world is feeling that as well. Anyone that's in your position, anyone that's doing what you've been doing is feeling that. And it's okay to talk about it without even talking about your deep, dark secret. It's okay to talk about imposter syndrome because everyone feels it. Tim, were you going to say on that? Yeah. <clears throat> Especially for me and for our guys, often the biggest way in which they feel it is when they portray a certain life of themselves on social media, which actually isn't, isn't true. Right. You know, so they'll make themselves look really happy and they'll make themselves look like they've got it all together and they'll make themselves look a particular way. Mm-hmm. And they, they know it's not the truth. And you know, <clears throat> one of the biggest lessons for me early on, well, well I say early on, when I actually came to, have the courage to turn things around was I realized that it was impossible to lie to myself. You know, I could lie to my head, but I could never lie to my heart. And I tried for so long to lie to my head and say things were a different way or try and make 
come up with reasons for why I didn't do something or why I did do something. But the reality was, was a, there was a huge disconnect between who I was actually being and what I was either looking at of myself or how I was portraying myself. And that created an imposter syndrome within, within me, right? Because my identity was completely misaligned. One of the things that people don't pay attention to as well, uh, and when you say that is uh, the, actual, uh, the actual comprehension of, of what just took place inside your head. So if we use you as an example, you said, I was lying to my head, but not lying to my heart. Well, who are you if you're the one lying to you? And the fact that you observed yourself lying to your head and not your heart says that the three of you inside of you were doing some stuff, right? And, the, and, and that whole lack of, of identity in and within oneself um, is the ultimate confusion because it's also something that we have, that's always been there, that we've never addressed, that we've never spoken of. I was able to lie to myself. Well, who's lying to who? And who's the dominant one? And what's actually taking place? These are, these are huge, huge questions that seem so obscure at the moment. But when you progress into finding your purpose, your happiness, your, your mission statement in life, they're questions that need to be asked. Mm. Um, and and it's, it, it's, a, it's, a powerful, it's a powerful movement. You know, and when somebody could say to me, who am I? I mean, honestly, I've been studying this for easily five, six years. The whole consciousness I, ideology, the story, the, the what's inside our head. You know, the, what's, when I say what's inside our head, it's what's inside our body. Because it's now, you know, we even think that it's our brain that's thinking. But really, it's <laughs> not. You know, it's not our brain that's thinking. Our brain is probably keeping our body, you know, moving, breathing, pumping blood. But how many times throughout the course of your life have you heard the statement, you know, a gut feeling or trust your heart, go with your heart or, or, you know, think this through. So you've got your heart brain, your gut brain and your brain brain. And all three of them coincide with the three people that are able to watch you. If you want to go religious, there's yourself, your higher self and your ego. There, if you want, no, if you want to go spiritual, sorry, if you want to go religious, there's father, son, and the Holy Spirit. It's always a trinity. There's always a trinity around uh, who we are, what we're thinking, and how we're actuating on that. So a lot of the struggles and a lot of the fight that we have um, internally is, again, with ourselves. So who are we fighting? <laughs> and, and, and that, I mean, I went a bit off topic on that one, but that one really does parlay into your successes in business. Addressing the fact that they exist in and within you allow you to, if you can't answer the question, allow you to at least quell the question for a hot minute and be like, listen, mm. listen to whom of which I'm arguing. These are the things that we need to get done. So let's just get them done together as a team inside of you. And then you progress to the outside. <laughs> <sighs> Definitely off topic now. Well, on topic, but off topic. Let's um, hmm, say on topic. Yeah. Um, okay. So now the back to the eight signs uh, we have, Number six, your body is very tense, physically very tense. Number seven, you are disconnected from your emotions. Number eight, you have a physical pain on the left side of your body. And that one was the one that caught me the most. 
I think that was the one that you said I didn't have any pain on the left side of my body. But for me, when I like this was all interesting stuff to me when I first read it. And then number eight for me, I mean, it's, you know, 50, 50 that you're going to have pain on your body. So maybe it's just one of those psychic mumbo jumbles that they throw in there. But I was crushed with sciatica down the left side of my body, pretty much put me in bed for a year, at least eight months. I was virtually bedridden for eight months. Not many people know that about me, even in my close circle of friends. I just stayed away from most of societal's activities. But that was a huge one. That was a big deal. And that was a massive eye opener uh, and, and progression stance for me. So you, I wanted to talk to you about number two on the list, which was your heart is closed. How did you feel about that? Because where we left off last week, that by the way, was a 25 minute intro to where we left off last week. <laughs> and I <laughs> love it. Um, you had split up with the fiance and you were now beginning to embrace the online world and this, that, and the other thing. But I wanted to talk about the, the feminine energy again on that one. Can you explain where your heart was when you were, you know, two feet away from getting married and then you went the other direction? Mm. You know, I grew up in an environment where it was smart for my heart to be closed. Because I think if my heart would have been open, there would have been so much pain I would have experienced that I might have found it difficult to actually navigate that and, and survive, let's say. No, I don't think you know, I would have died or anything you know, to that extreme. However, I don't think as a child I would have been able to play sports at the level that I did. I wouldn't have been able to connect with friends and socialize as I did. Like I said in the last episode, it was rather strange because home was the one place that didn't feel like home. So my heart was closed. My, do you know what? My heart was closed to me. And that's why for the first you know, 27, 28 years of my life, although consciously I was an adult, I was a man, a grown man, subconsciously I wasn't anywhere near that. I was still a very wounded, fractured boy. And from that place, I was trying to grow a business. And it was from that place that I was making decisions and pricing products and enter into relationships. And everything was really a cry for help. I was so focused on proving myself to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Hence how I ended up in so many of these situations. And the point at which I started to cut all of these situations, I say cut them out, cut them off, let's say, cleanse, whatever you want to call it. That's when I was really beginning to open my heart to myself because the one main lesson that came out of it was to start doing my life my way for the first time ever, which was to listen to my intuition, which was to open my heart to myself. And as a result, it meant making very courageous decisions, which felt very exciting, scary, fulfilling, freeing at the time. It was a whole host of <laughs> a whole mixture of things. And you know, remembering back to then, it was very much like I was a witness in my own life. It was surreal looking back because every time I knew that I had to address something, 
and it meant coming from my heart, which usually meant upsetting people or doing something that, because the thing is, and this is what happens for a lot of our guys who go through the program. I had a lot of people in my life who were in a relationship with me based on rules I had outgrown. That's phenomenal. That is absolutely uh, um, uh, the, <clears throat> the grasp and the, and the magnitude that that statement in and of itself has is powerful for sure. Yeah. And there was residue in my life of the life that I used to live and the life that I was no longer allowing to exist around me. Mm -hmm. That meant within my environment, that's when, you know, I can remember when I, when I got rid of the business partner, he was literally forcing me to put him back onto the company. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. it. I had to just go to the bank and open new bank accounts and, you know, put them in my name and do other bits and pieces. And, you know, it got quite aggressive, but I just wouldn't No. I'm not backing down. And there's the, in my, in my personal view of these things, this is the universe pushing back against you. So it may, it may appear to be an individual, but you are now aligning with your purpose. And the only way to do that and the only way for it to be a legitimate alignment is for you to fight every step of the way to make it worth your while essentially, and to make you remember. So I, I know when I went through these things, similarly, um, all of the the pains that went through that I, I took personally. Uh, but then I realized that it wasn't any one individual that was doing anything. It was a series of events. I had ripped myself out of the energy that I was once consumed with. And that energy, that all of that energy was trying to pull me back in. I don't know if you can equate to that or if you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I didn't, I didn't suffer. I didn't find pain in it. Although, like I said, it was a mixture of emotions um, some of it was a little bit daunting at times, but because I'd lived my life for so long in a way that clearly didn't work and caused me so much pain and, and frustration, I'd reached the point where I had to do it another way. Yeah. So every, every way in which I went about this, from the smallest of things like, hey, how do I want my morning routine to look? I can remember when I got rid of the office, I was working from home and I was sat in the garden and the sun was shining down and I was on my laptop. I could hear the birds. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. This is just gorgeous, you know, just receiving that moment. Whereas before I would have been so busy that I wouldn't have even felt the sun or heard the birds or I would just be on with the next task. So, you know, when I went out cutting these things out of my life, it was really, it was freeing. It was, it was addictive as well, quite frankly, because when I got over the, holy shit, I'm going to upset people, when I got over that, because being a people pleaser didn't work for me, it took me a while to realize, <laughs> when I actually got over that and realized, you know what, I'm not responsible for other people's happiness, I'm not responsible for their life, they're responsible for it themselves, and I'm responsible for my own as well, and that means that I am going to take this action and they will receive it how they choose to receive it. And we will go about our lives and we'll see what comes of it. I read a, a message, a quote somewhere, uh, and it stated, you know, when you decide to start living your life for you, you realize that you, you know, you can slow right down. Um, and, and that, it was so true to me because 
I, I, as I read this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I raced so long to hit the deadline, to meet this, to meet that mark, to get this, to get that, only to have to hit another deadline, only to have to hit another mark, only to have to do something else. And like you said, you know, you don't even feel the sun on your face. You don't feel the wind on your face as you're whipping through life. That's not mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Life, is, life is aligning, aligning yourself with your message, with your intent, with your purpose, uh, and taking that time. Life is sitting on the back deck. That's what life is. What you're trying to do is find more time to do that, to embrace that and to slow down. And when you do find that comfort inside you, I mean, I have slowed right down to like a 10% uh, version of what I was. And I say that nobody can slow down because everybody will always do what they've always done essentially with regards to physical activity. What changes is your focus, your mindset, your focus, your output in certain tasks. Um, When I say I slowed down, I stopped trying to earn money. I stopped trying to hit the deadline. Um, I started trying to spend more time with family. I started enjoying reading a book, being by myself, sitting in silence, um, just generally embracing all of the moments. So when they say, you, you know, you slow down and, and, you know, you think back to how you even got in this place in the first place. And it goes right into your, your childhood. I mean, you spoke on something that is, imperative. You said you were building a life from the position of a broken boy. And there is trauma that takes place in our life. And it's not like, you know, oh, I got shot, that kind of trauma, but just trauma or a super happy moment, something that you, you know, you overcame trauma or you overcame something and, and, you know, you found yourself in a happy place. And this is where you, um, you stay spiritually, mentally, and that sort of stuff, not physically, obviously, but when you start attempting to build on a broken foundation, you're going to get shattered. You're going to get, nothing's going to stay up. It can stay up for a little while, but when the foundation is tilted, she comes down. This isn't the leaning tower of pizza. And that's the one thing that, uh, that, that is staying up on a broken foundation. Mm. The, this, this mentality of, of, of run, 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 rush, 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 build, 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 people, please, all that sort of stuff. What the world doesn't understand is that was put inside your head. Breaking free from that is one of the greatest gifts life has to offer. Breaking free from the mentality of, you know, every single show you ever watched as a kid was beating into your head a certain way of life. Uh, every single lesson you learned in school was beating in your head a certain way of life. Get good grades so that you can get into a good school, so that you can get a good job. And you know who's crazy? Entrepreneurs. Don't be an entrepreneur. (laughs) So unlearning everything that you did learn and walking away from that broken boy is paramount in life. Mm. So, And here's the thing, Adam, right? So just to fast forward a little bit. So once I did, so I, I restructured the fitness business, created some space so they didn't need me, um, there's a, a whole host of things that happened in there in, in the meantime as well with the relationship that I was then able to get into, uh, the relationship with my father, all sorts would be here for, here for another f- few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to touch on what happens when you open up from a professional standpoint, 
like I said, not only did I open myself up to a relationship that I never, I, I, I don't know what to say apart, I never thought was possible for me really. Um, but business wise, when I then surrendered to what was bubbling inside of me and committed to doing it my way ever, which meant opening my heart and following my intuition and, you know, combining that with um, decisiveness, the powerful man came about. And within the first five months of the powerful man, we built it to I think 280K in sales in under five months without a website, without testimonials, without a funnel, without paid marketing, basically without everything everybody says that you need. And my whole process in business prior to that was all about getting the external things in place. Yeah. This time around, I focused on following myself and speaking my message and so on. And it led to this, it just opened up like, like the Red Sea, poof, parted. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It was yeah. amazing proof. And, and people will ask too, well, you know, some people will say, how can you prove it? How can you do this? How can you do that? And I remember the same thing when I was doing my coaching, especially when I was coaching for other people. When I started coaching and I was trying to gain experience, I undercoached for a numerous, uh, numerous amount of people. and. It's not that I was coaching their message. I mean, I certainly was, but I was adding my flair to it. Um, but I was also using their marketing and using this and using that and understanding tools and tricks um, and, and working from my own broken boy. Um, I didn't really break out of that until, uh, you know, well, I, I want to say recently, it feels recently, but it's, you know, for three, four years that I really hammered down, you know, my message. And you're 100% right because the biggest fallback for all of the majority of my forward momentum was believing that those outside things had to be done. Not understanding that once the inside things were done, all the outside things would fall into place. And that's not to say fix yourself and you'll have all the money in the world because that's not the purpose. That 280 that you spoke of was probably not even a goal. It was probably an, no. addi- an additional piece that allowed you more freedoms to become bigger, better, stronger, and faster to help more people. Um, that broken boy often wants the money. They often think, you know, I got to have this money. This money is indicative of this money is a representative of, but it's mm-hmm. not money is a tool. You know, uh, somebody who wants a house doesn't get stoked to get a hammer. You know, the hammer helps you build the house. And money's the hammer, you know, who cares about money? It's the idea of creating your vision and your vision is one thing that strikes me. uh, And one thing that really jumps out to me about your vision is that it is not the standard quote unquote standard vision that most entrepreneurs have. Your whole goal is to help others. And I live my life based on a quote that I heard when I was very young. Uh, and it just, it just rattled around in my head for years and years and years. You help enough people achieve, achieve their dreams and your dreams in turn will come true. And you're out there living your, you know, most prosperous life simply by giving to people around you. I think that's true. I could be wrong. You could be Satan, but I don't think that that's accurate. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've uh, I've not discovered that to be true about myself yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. You know, we are very passionate about 
producing a brotherhood of men. It's a movement of men. And I'll, I'll use this word on this show, but I don't ever really talk about it in this way. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote this down in a book I was reading many, many years ago before The Powerful Man came about. And I've been trying to find it. And I, I can't, I'm sure I wrote it down in, a book, in the, the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I'm sure I wrote it down in there. But I was scouring in it the other week and I couldn't see it. Anyway, what it was is um, to build a community of conscious men all leading, um, leading their lives from their heart along those lines mm. and the vision that came to mind when i wrote that down was the globe yeah. and having these guys all over the globe and if you imagine little dots of light where these guys are then joining up all of the, the the men together and it produces this web around the a web of light let's say around the globe um and it's why it's specifically businessmen that we've chosen to work with because i, I want to work with guys who are in a position of influence so that, you know, if we're able to support them to make this shift, then typically the ripple effect, the ripple effect with everyone is huge. Um, especially even more so with people that are in, already in a position of influence, not to say we'd never work with anyone that isn't or there's anything wrong with the people that aren't. It was just for me at that moment in time, that's where I was really feeling called to be. And I was really surprised it was men, <laughs> I created space to get into, I just felt like I wanted to coach and to speak and to author. I didn't know what it looked like, didn't know who it was going to be. And one thing led to another, it turned to be this. Um, yeah, that, that is the vision. And I'm very grateful that, you know, for me, it always happens, Adam, where one day you just realize, holy shit, I'm actually living it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like you forget about what the goal was. And you just get so immersed in the process. But then when you actually look up and realize, hang on a minute, who, who, who are we working with now? And what am I doing? And how am I living? And wow, it's, it's, it's real. Whereas if I, in, my, in the past, whenever I'd got so attached to the outcome, I'd be so focused on it. It'd be something that would remain outside of me because I'd always be chasing this, this carrot on the stick and never, never catching it, never arriving. Mm-hmm. which created dissonance and lack in my life, which fed into imposter syndrome and all sorts of other bits and pieces. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the movement continues to, to thrive and to grow. I mean, that was four years ago, I think, four or five years ago. I actually put a post out on Facebook as well, driving back through the Swiss Alps, coming back from Italy a few years ago. Um, I can remember it like a day. Like I was in the passenger seat of the car. I was daydreaming. I just had this idea of, you know, oh, how great would it be to have a, a group of men who get together every four months or so, who support one another in business, who do charity work together, who get together, like I say, every few months do some cool adventures. I just put a post out there on Facebook, you know, would anyone be interested in this? And coincidentally, the Brotherhood, which is our year-long mastermind, now is that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a few weeks ago. I'm like, wow, like that, that, that post has just unfolded into what it is now. It's taken a life of its own. And an interesting thing about that is, you know, to our female listeners, um, you, you know, if, if anyone's out there, you know, watching TV, you know, they are listening to this and then saying like, why does it have to be men? You know, here's the thing about what you're doing, in my opinion, and, and what's happening in the world around us. 
there is a there's a, a war essentially we're at war you know and if, if you want to see the proof of that just look back through this conversation there is an abundant growing collective of mentalities that are reaching out for help so if we if guys like tim and myself exist in a world where we are coaching people or trying to make people see things or think differently or be differently or act differently that means the people that we're working with were all collectively taught the reverse of prosperity no matter what that looks like now we're dealing with a war as well right now where all men are evil uh, especially in north america you know being a white male is is criminal uh and it's also, you know, a division, a divide going on between men and women. We're talking about equal pay for women. We're talking about this, that. We're talking about that. Hmm. Uh, we, we being, not us, but we being the narrative that's going on in society. Everyone is specifically geared to fight everybody else. And people are not necessarily paying attention to the fact that if you want to elevate yourself, male, female, whatever it is, you step out of that battle. You step out of that war. And you realize that you as an individual are 100% in control of your life. You are not a victim, no matter how much they want you to think that you are. And it is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that, you know, there are, there have to be women's empowerment groups and it's not empowerment against men. It's empowerment for yourself to step up. And that is, Huge. There's a huge difference in getting better for you and getting better to show them. There is a massive difference because there is no them. It is only ever and has only, have ever, has only ever been your perception of yourself in this world. So as we talk about quote unquote conspiracies, as we talk about the business of, of being in business, as we talk about, uh, about Tim here who has turned his life from being a people pleaser into being a people empowerer and a self pleaser in the process, it all comes down to you. It all comes down to your stance, your, your desire to change your specific sphere of influence, your world, as it were, and not Can be influenced. I, Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping inside here, trying to stay calm and <laughs> to get this across. So we're talking about equality then. Now, I'm going to throw out there a, a flip side to the coin of equality. Sure. Which may seem controversial, but I want to talk about it. You know, this show does not stand for controversy. <laughs> so the problem with the problem with equality between men and women is it's killing the polarity within relationships, which leads to disconnection between a man and, or can mm -hmm. lead to disconnection between a man and a wife. And the reason for that is because polarity within a relationship is very important, especially especially sexual polarity. This is when people say, oh, the spark's gone, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because, like we spoke about, there's, there's, two, there's, a, there's a masculine and a feminine energy within all of us, right? Which is awesome. We acknowledge that. That's just the way it is. But when a woman is forced to be more in her masculine, now the masculine energy grows through challenge. That's how the masculine energy and men typically grow, through challenge. The feminine energy grows through praise. Now, if we take this back in an anthropological sense between men and women, women 
in today's world, they, they've got to feel safe to surrender into the arms or the container of a strong masculine presence that can hold them. Not physically, but hold space for them. Now, if that isn't there, then one of two things are going to happen for that woman. She's either going to rise and become the alpha in the relationship because, quite frankly, she has to in order to raise the kids. She's got to make decisions. She's got to lead the household. She's got to do, you know, and the husband could be there, but he could be out working so much that when he's there, he's not really there. He's not really present. He's not engaged. So as a result, she's got to rise. And the challenge then causes her or can cause her to harden, which then means you've got two masculine energies for the most part within the relationship, which kills the polarity, which for some men then cause them to start looking outside at social media or porn or escorts or whatever it is. On the flip side, if they don't rise, then the women fall and become anxious or depressed or seek salvation in the arms of another man because that container is not there. Now, equality, awesome, fantastic. All for it. And it's an interesting point to consider. Now, I'm not saying, hey, this is the way it should be, but just imagine for a second, the men that we work with, the businessmen, typically come to us because their marriage is falling apart. And really, that's just one symptom amongst many in their life with what they're struggling with. Now, 70% of divorces are initiated by women. However, Women claim that the men left the relationship long before they did and left the woman feeling isolated. They, they left the relationship emotionally, albeit not physically, which is just as bad for a woman because women crave connection. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting dynamic here because over the past few decades, in the rise of the feminine, men have stayed where they are, which has then killed not killed, that's extreme, but has then led to um, a lack of sexual polarity in marriages, which leads to a lack of connection. It's really, in order to keep that polarity and keep the connection strong, it's important for men to understand that their role has now changed. They must then rise. They must now be able to hold that space for the strong woman in their life. That doesn't mean making all the decisions for it. It doesn't mean, you know, women are independent these days. What we once could do as men to provide for women, go and make money, they can do it for themselves. They don't need men to provide for them in that way today. The women, the women of the men we work with, at least, they want to be provided for emotionally before financially. But if, you, if we as men can't provide for ourselves emotionally, then how can we provide for the women? A statistic breakdown. Um, and, and on top of that, um, like you said, when you started your business from the, uh, or not when you started your business, but when you were working primarily from the broken boy, that's how people are getting into relationships as well. For sure. So they're making the wrong choices because they think that they're getting old. You know, I can say this now as a man who's almost 40 years old, every single one of my friends who got married in their twenties divorced. Wow. So people sadly have never taken the time to figure out who they are. I've also got other friends who are uh, constantly going from boyfriend to boyfriend. And what they're doing then is not figuring out who they are, but consistently looking for the same type of male and wondering why it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, you can either, it's the one plus one equals two or one plus one can equal 11. Yeah. Right. 
I had a relationship. Yeah, yeah, one and one. Yeah, exactly. One plus one always equals two. <laughs> but one and one, <laughs> one and one. Yeah. So I mean, and the semantics behind all of that are, you know, personal. They are your building blocks. They are how you choose to view it. Um, Henry Ford said it best, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. So we can, you know, in this scenario, the woman can point the finger at the man saying he left before I did. I want a divorce. The man can say she said I want a divorce and it came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. I can only speak from my point of view. But if a woman, my wife comes to me, somebody who I've been married to for a while and says I want a divorce, chances are I saw it coming and did nothing about it. Yes. So, I mean, she won't leave me. You know, I make the money. She, where will she go? You know, we as the men we work with, at least. And I don't want to. Not going to stand in stereotype men. No, at all. But a pattern we have observed is, you know, as men, it's very easy to focus so much on your mission, on your work, that you can you assume that things like your wife leaving, I, you know, it won't happen. Or I want to fix this business problem, then I'll get to my marriage or whatever it is. And I will say we do have to start wrapping this up because I know you are a ridiculously busy individual and I'm so thankful that you uh, have made the time with us again. Um, I will say on that note that men and women need to understand that we have both been lied to. Society has fed us some ridiculous bullshit mm -hmm. that is, is affecting our individual interactions with each other. I watch TV, therefore I think that my wife is thinking this. I watch TV, therefore I think that my husband is thinking and saying this. All these men are doing this in social media. My husband must be doing the same thing. And what's not happening is the husband and the wife communicating. Nobody's talking to each other and everybody's assuming everything. And that, that, is, that is weaponized propaganda. Believe it or not, that's done intentionally to create this general constant dissatisfaction with oneself and you know to to lead from business into conspiracy and back and forth somebody who if you want to if you want to have a very malleable society make them all weak and insecure and we are in a position right now where we really have to we really have to whether you're man or woman whether you're united or single you absolutely have to unify with those that are in your life openly connect with and communicate with if you're standing in a, in a relationship or a scenario where you don't know if the guy likes you uh, and you're playing these games get out any game whatsoever get out do not play them don't get involved with them don't start off on the wrong foot be open be kind if you say to somebody i really like you and that person goes i don't know how to handle myself so i'm going to dismiss you fuck them get out right there's not a single person out there that's worth your time both male or female, if she or he is going to play games with you mentally, fuck them, get out. And uh, I, I know that, you know, we have this, 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 this desire to play these mind games, these desires to figure out what he's thinking, what he's saying, communicate, talk openly, win. Do you want to win? Do you want to be a unit? Communicate because everything else is speculative and everything else is based on how much you hate yourself. That's how much you're going to project onto your partner. And that's where divorce comes from. Tim, where can we send everybody to look at your stuff? This isn't a sales pitch, ladies and gentlemen, but he's a miracle worker. So just take a look at what he's got okay. to offer. <clears throat> yeah, so you can head over to thealphareset.com. So that's T-H-E, the alpha, A-L-P-H-A, and then reset.com. Um, 
that's where you're going to find out how actually help businessmen. So if you're a woman listening to this who is married, um, maybe you're thinking, you know, this could benefit the, the man in your life, head over there, check that out. Likewise, if you're a guy, business owner, and you're thinking this may benefit you, then, you know, head over there. And alternatively, you can go to the website as well, thepowerfulman.com. There's articles on there and uh, podcasts and other bits and pieces. Phenomenal. Remarkable. Is, is there anything that you wanted to, to leave with the audience today? You know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, always, I'm always really happy to speak with you. And I have to say that I don't think this will be the last time we have you on the show. Next time, you know, it won't be so much you know, uh, a structured story. I honestly, I don't even think we got into, Oh no, no, we, we definitely covered where you've been and what you've done and how you've achieved it all. But your, your origin story, as they say in the comics was the last episode, which was an absolutely phenomenal one. Um, <laughs> and we did talk about a round table and I would love to, uh, ladies and gentlemen to send us a message info at the mental mastery Alliance. If you have interest in partaking in or listening to, um, a mild roundtable, much like Tim spoke of with the connection of the world, having a bunch of us on here, talking ideas and sharing. If that, if that sparks your interest, shoot us an, an email. Hmm. Um, what about you, Tim? Do you think you're going to come back? Say hello. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Happily make time. I love it. I love every minute of it. And again, you are uh, a very entertaining guest. You are a very entertaining person. Uh, I look forward to great things coming out of your camp in the future. Uh, and we will definitely have you back on the show. Ah, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Excellent. And uh, in the infamous words of uh, Red Green, ladies and gentlemen, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.